This is the Mend It Pass podcast with Chadwick Hayward, episode 20. Welcome to MendItPass.com. Let's get back to bedtime. Hi, Path Menders. Thanks so much for tuning in to the 20th episode of the Mend It Pass podcast. This week, I am joined by Deborah Van Dyne of Miss Daisy's Plant Based Life. Debbie started her plant-based journey as a means to overcoming some health issues she was facing. Today, she shares her story of her journey so far, the highs and the lows she has faced, including her diagnosis with uterine cancer. To date, she has lost 80 pounds, is now cancer-free, and is optimistic and eager to continue her plant-based journey back to better. Hi, Debbie. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Jan. How are you? I'm doing so well. It's great to have you on the show. Great. It's, it's, it's so great to be here. So your health journey towards plant-based started about seven years ago and you were having some, some minor health type things going on at that time. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. At that time I was overweight. Um, I had been overweight um, probably since my early twenties. I grew up um, as a very thin child Um, and when I hit my early twenties, um, I started to put on weight and, um, and that just kind of grew over time. And, um, I ended up having some issues in my early twenties, um, with heart palpitations and things like that. But what really hit home to me at that time, um, seven years ago was, um, I ended up having a blood clot in my leg, um, a superficial blood clot, but it scared me all the same. And so I decided to, you know, I decided at that time enough was enough and I needed to find some, some sort of, um, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to use the term diet because I, you know, previously from that point back, I had been on like every diet imaginable. So I was tired of that. I was tired of the merry-go-round. And, um, so I just, I hopped online and I was just looking for like the healthiest diet on the planet (laughs) type Mm. deal. And, uh, I came across, you know, the plant-based diet. And, um, for a while I was looking up, um, a lot of the raw gurus and I was very, very interested in that. Um, and, um, and so I tried, you know, tried that a little bit, but when you live in the North in the winter and things like that, it's kind of hard to sustain. So that was, that wasn't working for me. Um, so I did a little bit more searching and I came across, um, forks over knives and that was life-changing for me. Okay. So what specifically were you trying before you came across Forks Over Knives? Um, well, before Forks Over Knives, I did on and off um, try the um, raw food diet where I just basically raw, ate all raw. Um, but before that, I was on, um, you know, for, for a lot of years, I was on um, on and off every diet you can think of. Okay. I mean, the Atkins diet, the Cambridge diet, uh, Weight Watchers, South Beach, low calorie restriction diet, um, high exercise, you know, I mean, just um, quite a few things. Did you have any success with any of those? Um, I did. I, you know, I did. The um, Atkins diet, I was successful, um, lost quite a bit of weight, but I also gained kidney stones. Um, mm very severe kidney stones and, um, the Cambridge diet, which is basically all liquid. And then you have a small salad and maybe a piece of meat at night. Um, I ended up fainting, um, weight watchers. I was very successful on. Um, but if you don't have that support 
if you you know you constantly have that support, um, you it's very easy to go back and and you know to your old ways and you go back and you, and you end up gaining weight. Um, low calorie restriction never worked because I was always hungry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Okay, so back to your experience with the raw food diet. It was really the unavailability of fresh raw food that kind of made you switch or consider switching. Yeah, I mean, I still like now I, I get I get quite a bit of raw food into my diet because I still think that's probably one of the healthiest um, ways to get nutrition into you quickly. You know, because they talk a lot about cooked foods not being so um, you know it, it takes out some of the nutrition. Yeah, um, but. I just find like Dr. McDougall um, was one of the first doctors out of Forks Over Knives that I really um, related to. I mean, I really like felt like that was something I could follow and stick with because yeah, I love potatoes. And, um, you know, and some of the recipes that I went through, I felt like, you know, hey, I can do this and I can turn some of the foods that I actually love eating into a plant, a plant based version. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it worked really well for me. Yeah, I think uh, just to clarify, there are certain nutrients that are degraded by cooking, but there's also nutrients that are enhanced by cooking. For instance, I think uh, tomatoes have lycopene, which is enhanced uh, by the cooking process. Yes, that's true. Yeah, so so you watch Forks Over Knives and you really were inspired by Dr. McDougall. So did you did your diet change immediately after that or how did your transition go from there? Um, it did, but, um, I, at that point, um, my husband wasn't on board and he's at that point was very heavy into, he's very heavy meat eater. And so he was not on board and he also liked to eat out. (laughs) And so, um, that made it, it was more of a struggle for me to, um, to stay on. And so I was on and off probably the last two years before I officially said enough's enough. Okay, so did he just not watch Forks Over Knives with you, or did he watch it and just didn't really, it didn't resonate with him, or what? He did watch it. I just don't know if it really hit home to him at that point. Um, I don't know. You know, personally, I think people come to a place in their life where they want, you know, something in their life helps them along the way to accept um, what's happening with themselves. And he's diabetic as well. So he did eat some of the food that I prepared, but it was still a struggle because our life was so busy at that time. It was easier for us to um, grab something out than to cook at home. So it just made eating that way very, very difficult. And I was and I was new into it as well. So, you know, I think the only book I read was Dr. McDougall's The Starch Solution <laughs> at that time. I didn't read anything else. And um And so I just know that when, you know, you don't put yourself in a position to make it work, um, it can be very difficult, especially when you're coming from such a heavy standard American diet. And, um, and if your life is very, very busy, you know, you have to, you have to prepare your food and you have to, um, make a way to make it work. Yeah. If you, unless you're grabbing raw fruit, convenient food very much so is not healthy. Yeah. Exactly. And so your transition then was slow. What made you, what, what changed for you to switch so that you were a hundred percent compliant? About probably a year before, um, the beginning of 2015, I was experiencing, um, AFib, um, atrial fibrillation, um, episodes where your heart would go into a very rapid 
um, beating, um, and your blood pressure would go high and it would send me to the emergency room, um, where they would have to put an IV in and then give me small doses of a beta blocker to slow down my heart. I went to my cardiologist and, um, you know, they did a bunch of tests and he, he believed it was weight related and stress related. Okay. So, um, at that time I, you know, I knew I had it and I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I am on and off the plant-based thing. So, um, I kept just, just kept researching and, um, and I do really well for a while and then I'd fall off the wagon for a week and, you know, I was, I was also battling depression and anxiety at the time. And so, um, I, it was just, you know, um, one day, December 7th, I, my sister was moving and she had asked for help. And so I, I went to her house and helped and I went into AFib and I thought, you know, enough is enough. I'm so tired of this. And at that point I was going into AFib probably, you know, every couple of months and, and I was very discouraged. So, and I knew, I just remember hearing what my cardiologist said is weight related, stress related, you know, so I knew I had to work on those things. And so that day I had decided enough's enough and I was going to go 100% plant-based and I wasn't going to let anyone or anything deter me. Okay. And I didn't. And I was very successful. I, I lost 65 pounds in five and a half months. I continued exercising because my cardiologist said to exercise, there was no risk. And so I just put myself all in and uh, I haven't looked back. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's go back a little bit. You said in the meantime, like in 2015, at the beginning there, you did a lot of research. What did that look like? Like what, what were you searching? How, how did you find information? Um, mostly the internet, but I did, like I said, I watched documentaries like The Forks Over Knives and um, Hung Hungry for Change and things like that. I I also read, um, well, I read Dr. McDougall's book, um, Starch Solution, um, mostly online stuff that I was, I was doing. I would like just devour videos from Dr. McDougall's webpage um, and I would also, uh, you know, that, and that would lead me to Dr. Esselstyn. And actually I, I reached out to Dr. Esselstyn, um, during that time and he gave me some great advice. He called me, which I thought, wow, <laughs> uh, you know, I felt special, you know, um, because he took the time to actually, you know, call me back after I emailed him. And, um, and so that was a great conversation I had with him. That's incredible. Yeah. He, uh, he told me, um, you know, one of the things that I needed to do because I had so much weight to lose, um, he said to stick with the plants and no processed foods, no flowers, no sugars, and just, you know, really, really stick with that. Okay. And at, and at that time, that was a struggle for me. Um, I was still plant-based, but I was uh, still struggling with getting rid of the flowers. Like, um, like Because one of the things I, I did when I transitioned was it, um, pizza was a big thing in our house. So we would, uh, I found a way to make a plant-based version of pizza, but I still was using flour. I was still using, um, like whole wheat flour. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, that was one of the things he, he said that I needed to cut out. So that was a struggle for me, um, until I found out I had cancer and then it was still a little bit of a struggle, but I ended up seeing Dr. Campbell just recently, Dr. Um, Thomas Campbell, okay. which he's, uh, he's Dr. Um, T. Colin Campbell's son. 
and he's a doctor in our area. And um, I actually went to see him and he talked to me a little bit about a quick weight loss for my condition, uh, for all my conditions that I've had, that I've been dealing with. And um, he said that the calorie density diet would be the, the best thing for me to, to work on getting the rest of my weight off. Um, so that's what I've been doing for the last two weeks. And, um, and it's, it's been going very, very well. Um, I guess I just want to point out too that like for me, and I think, I think there's probably a lot of people like me out there where when you, um, sometimes it takes an illness to kind of wake you up. And I think that's what it did for me. Um, even though I struggled, I struggled through it while I was having, you know, AFib episodes and then the cancer and all of that. I feel like, you have to come to some sort of um, place in your life where it's a do or die situation. Hmm. And that's what it was for me. I've said before that it has to be internal. No one can force you to change your diet yeah, or your lifestyle. It, it really has to be something that, that you really want and it comes from within. Yes, that's very true. So g- going back a little bit, how did, you, how did you find out that you had cancer? Well, I have, um, I have uterine cancer. And, um, so I was only about five months into my hundred percent plant-based diet when I started in December of 2015. And, um, so that April I, well, actually probably the end of March, I started to bleed a little bit and I just chalked it up to being either menopausal or, or just the fact that my hormones were changing because I changed my diet. So I didn't think too much about it, but then the bleeding started to get a little heavier and it was, a constant was like every day, nonstop. So I decided I was, you know, getting to the point where I knew April was where my, um, it was going to go to my gynecologist for my annual checkup. And, uh, so I made the appointment and went in to see her and she, she did an examination and she saw a mass and she wasn't quite sure what it was. So she biopsied it. And, um, and then, uh, about a week or so later, I found out that it was cancer. And so then I was scheduled to see an oncologist, um, about a week later. And then a week after that, I was ushered into surgery and I had a complete hysterectomy. Oh, wow. So, um, before that though, which I want to kind of attribute to my diet, my surgery was on May 12th and a few days before my surgery, um, I ended up passing that mass. I um, just got up in the morning and w- went to the bathroom, and the mass w- was a size of a of a, um, a prune. Oh, okay. Um, like a like a like a medjool date, if you want to put it that way. It was about that size, and um, I um, of course freaked out. And my husband had my husband come in, and and um, and it was it was the the mass that my doctor had seen um, near my cervix. Oh, it was wow. like, like right at the edge of my, of my uterus. And, um, so I, I, in my heart believe that it, had I not been, um, plant-based and started that journey that, um, the, the stage that I was in could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, you know, the cancer could have spread a lot worse. And, and I realize that's just my thinking. It's not, you know, it's not a medical professional telling me that, but, um, that's what I believe in my heart anyway about that. Um, but I ended up having the surgery. Um, I healed fairly quickly and I think the doctors were surprised that I healed so quickly as well. I was able to start my exercise regimen all over again. And then to kind of fast forward a little bit, I, you know, I stayed on the plant-based diet. I struggled to lose because my body was still trying to heal. 
Um, and they said that it could take up to a whole year to heal um, when you have that kind of surgery. So yeah. I ended up back in, I had a recurrence of the cancer. I had an, you know, three months checkup with my oncologist and she saw a small, um, she called it a freckle sized spot near the stitches. And, um, and of course I was devastated and I thought, you know, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> you know, here I was on the, you know, doing plant-based and I knew that because of the stress of the whole thing, I, you know, I knew I was allowing a few things back in my diet that I shouldn't have. Okay. Um, like a cookie here and there with, um, some sugar and any, you know, any cancer patient knows that you shouldn't have sugar. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I would be let, letting some things and even, you know, I, you know, when I think about it, um, there were some things that I was doing right that were compliant that was not good for cancer patients. Like what? Well, the sugar for one, uh, I was also drinking a lot of smoothies and, um, one of the things that Dr. Campbell enlightened me, um, on about smoothies is that, you know, it breaks down the cellular wall of the food that's there and it creates more of a, um, a high content of sugar. So when, when you're drinking it, as opposed to chewing your food, um, it just goes right in and your body look, uh, your body reacts to it like it's sugar. Yeah, you can you can definitely have an elevated glucose response, especially if uh, if your smoothies are a high concentration of fruit. You yes. get you get less of that response if it's more of a high concentration of greens. I think, yes. and I, I do believe Dr. Gregor has a few videos on this as well. That like if you if if the fruit that you put in there are berries, or if you eat bananas regularly, it kind of mutes that glucose response. But I can understand that that response being something you'd want to be cognizant of. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I thought too, that like my, my, um, my smoothies, I tried to put in as many greens as I did, um, the fruits so that would, they would balance each, you know, balance each other out. Um, but I'm not so sure that that was the right way to go for me by the advice of Dr. Campbell anyway. Hmm. Yeah. So were you no salt and no oil and that kind of thing at that time or? Um, no oil throughout this whole, this whole journey, no oil at all. But I did end up, that was one of the foods that I started to incorporate back into my diet. Only, um, like I wouldn't be as strict on it. Like if I went to Subway and had a veggie sub, I knew that they're not their, not their sub, but their wraps. I would have a wrap, but I knew that their tortilla wrap had oil in it. That type of thing. So I would let little things like that kind of creep back in. Okay. And so was that more of a wake up call then, I guess, when the recurrence happened or did that change your behavior at that time? Yes, it did. It it, it sure did. Um, because I don't think, I think that, um, you know, when you're, when you're ill, I think you, you have to be serious about your, your diet and your lifestyle changes. And, you know, this is coming from a background where, um, I'm the type of person I was, an, I'm an emotional eater, so it didn't matter my emotions. I, I wanted to eat. And I mean, that's how I, that's how I grew to be 332 pounds in the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then that coupled with depression and anxiety, you know, I was just, I was kind of a mess. And so food was my comfort. Food was, you know, what I turned to. And, and I'm not a great cook. So I'm more of a, a simplistic person. I, I like things simple. Like I would rather grab an apple, an orange, and maybe make some oatmeal. Or if I'm out, you know, I'd grab something out um, at a restaurant instead of 
you know, cooking home, home cooked meals. My husband's a cook, but at that point, you know, he, he's, he's the, he, he liked the oil and he liked the meat and he liked the cheese and, <laughs> yeah, you know, so. So did he change eventually or? He did. Yeah, he did. Um, and he's not, he's still not 100% compliant. I mean, there's still a few things. He's a more of a slow transitioner, but he is, um, he has done wonders. He's, he's eliminated all meat from his diet um, and cheese. He struggles a little bit with the sugar aspect, um, a little bit, uh, like if he'll, if he has oatmeal or something, he wants to put like coconut sugar on it or something, okay. um, you know, where I don't do that. And, um, uh, but yeah, he's, he's doing very well. That's great. So when did he really get on board with you? Um, he got on board when I did last year, um, in December, okay. um, well, it's December of 2015. And, um, but, but he, he didn't go over 100% like I did. He, he, you know, he still held on to some things. He's, you know, he slowly gave coffee creamer would be one, you know, he still drinks coffee. And so, um, so he, he just held on to those things and he's still, he's still struggling with that a little bit, but I would say, um, if I was to give him any sort of percentage, he's, he's about 95% okay. plant-based. Yeah. And so did you find that easier when he started to get more compliant as well? Did it make it easier for you to, to stay compliant? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a struggle when you have someone in your home that's eating differently. Um, unless, unless you come to that place in yourself where you, where you, you, you say to yourself, I'm, there's nothing that's going to stop me. Like I did, you know, it's, it, it's going to be a struggle. It, it is a struggle when you, you live with someone that eats different from you. Yeah. So what are some strategies that you use to to help keep yourself on track? Um, I kept things very simple. I, I ate a lot of the um, same foods. And I know that doesn't work for everyone because there are a lot of people that like variety. Um, for me, I'm, I'm simple. So <laughs> I, I just, you know, if I, if I found that if I kept it simple, um, I was able to stick to it more. And the other thing too is some of the foods that I used to like, like um, that I used to like go out and order, be Chinese or pizza, um, and even Italian, um, I could, I found ways to cook them home with no oil and, um, make, you know, I make my own homemade sauce now. I never did that before. You know, my, my homemade tomato sauce, I never did that before. I found ways to make uh, scalloped potatoes without having uh, milk product in it and, uh, or any kind of meat in it. I found out how to make a roux without milk. Um, so there were a lot of that a lot of those things that I did. Um, and I think that really helps when you can find foods that you love, um, and just change them to a plant-based version. Yeah. Then you're not really going that far. You're just adapting what you're used to. Yeah. And I, well, and I think you, you know, um, I think it's, I think it helps for transition as well. Like my sister, I have two sisters who are obese and, um, and they also, they're, they're both diabetic. And so I'm trying to help them with their journey. And, um, and it's, it is a challenge because, um, my one sister, she lives, she has two autistic sons and her husband is, uh, he has diabetes and he likes a lot of sweets and things like that. So she, her whole house and her whole dynamic in her home is all is, is revolves around her, her family and she has to cook for them. And so she's, you know, she has high stress because of her two autistic sons and, um, there's just a lot going on in her home. So, uh, she struggles with staying compliant. And so just 
just showing her that there are foods that you can make that can taste just as good as your old version, the, the, the standard American diet version, um, I think was is eye-opening for her. She, and she loves that. Okay. And do you find that as time goes, they're becoming more and more compliant? or? Yeah. Um, I, my sister with the two sons, um, she struggles still. But she she does try. She's she's kind of in that transition period where I was, where she would hop on and then she would find herself falling off, and then she would run, 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 hop on, and then find herself falling off again. So and both sisters are doing that right now. Um, but I just I just keep trying to encourage them and um, and sh- show them recipes and things that I've done, you know. And it's funny because my sister. Um, just put online the other day that she made my bean burgers that I make. Um, and she was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe how good they are. So she mm-hmm. loves it. And then her, her husband, she also made, um, scalloped potatoes and her husband, um, is like, these are the best scalloped potatoes I've ever had, you know? So, oh, that's um, awesome. so she's, yeah. And she's, so she's learning, she's learning that she can do this. And I, you know, and I think that's what this is all about. Really. I would agree. I think a lot of people have that initial, on and off again during the transition and unless it's like a dire um a dire prognosis that people have then yes. sometimes they can they can do the 100 percent switch overnight but in a lot of cases it's a slow transition and it's you're on board and then you slowly fall off and then you it's usually information based right you yeah Exactly. You watch another documentary or you read a book or you, even some videos like on nutritionfacts.org and mm-hmm. that in, excites you to be compliant again. Um, yes. And then two weeks pass and you haven't watched anything and you're slowly letting things slip in again until until you get that extra shot of information that kind of gets you back on board. And so it's it's important to, like you said, it's a journey. So yes. it's important to remember that it's a journey and to to never stop trying to learn more on your journey and, and figure out ways to to improve your health in this because there's always room for improvement for, for yes. the vast majority of people. So, Oh, absolutely. I agree. And so I guess once you had your recurrence, what was your diet and exercise regime like after that? It right after the occurrence, I um, it's it's really strange because um, just before I I found out I had cancer back in May, um, I came across a gentleman on YouTube um, called Chris Beat Cancer, um, Chris Wark. Um, he's a cancer survivor. Um, he had colon cancer at the age of 26, and he's a 12 year survivor. And he's he's done. Um, videos and um, he's um, interviewed people who have healed their cancer naturally and he's just a, a just a great incentive for me and um, he put together this health module um, a kind of to kind of walk you through what he did to to cure his cancer and um, and so right away after I found out I had the, the reoccurrence I, I got on his website because I remembered him. And I got on his website and I saw that he had done this coaching program online for people who wanted to, to be a part of that. And, um, so I immediately ordered it and I started on, uh, juicing. I started a carrot juicing. I stuck with my smoothies. I tried to, um, add more uh, greens as opposed to fruits. 
and um, supplementation as well. Some of the recommended supplementation that, that he recommended, I started doing. And so as far as like my food choices, I stayed pretty much the same. I, you know, I still ate potatoes and I still ate pasta um, in small amounts, but I would try to eat more, um, more vegetables and fruits than anything else. Okay. And did your exercise regime change? Oh, yes. Um, no, it didn't change. I st- I, um, I'm a walker and I, I run every now and then, but I'm not like an avid runner. Most of my exercise is walking and it's not like a leisure walk. It's, it's a good arm pumping walk. Um, that's what I do. And I, and I, you know, I, I do anywhere from two to five miles a day, um, depending on the day and, and my schedule. Okay. And I still and I still do that now. I did it then and I, and I still do it now. So that didn't change. Okay. And did you find that that helped your mood or Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's definitely a mood booster. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And you know, the other thing too is um and I was just talking to my husband about this recently. You know, um in the past when I was on again off again and I had so much weight to lose, I battled depression and anxiety. I would have anxiety attacks just sitting watching TV and they would just come on me, you know, and, um, and the depression as well, where I just, I didn't want to go out of my house and, you know, I didn't want to see people. I wasn't very social. A lot of it, if my husband wanted to go out and get something to eat, I would say, let's order it and eat in the car. Let's just go down by the lake. Let's, you know, um, I didn't want to see people. And so, since I've been doing this, I've lost um, about 80 pounds. And so since I've been doing this, I have no signs of depression. And the anxiety only came back a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit because of the cancer, um, because of my anxiety with, with the whole cancer thing. Okay. Um, but, um, but I'm even, you know, I'm even handling that as, as well. But the impressive thing is just that the depression is like gone. It's, it's lifted. And so when you say started this, I, I'm assuming you mean 100% compliance in December, 2015. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So you never saw, you didn't see an improvement in your mood and anxiety during that transitioning period where you were less compliant or. Um, a little bit, but I would have to say my, my less compliant, I was more or less than I, I was more off the wagon than I was okay. on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of, um, improvement in that, you know? And, and I think, cause I, I knew I was, it was a personal thing cause I knew I, I was falling off and I'd get mad at myself for falling off, you know? So then, um, then that would trigger depression as well. So yeah, it's a terrible cycle. It is. It yeah. is. And so I guess what has your progress been since May then, since your recurrence? She did the biopsy and it came back cancer. I just went to the doctor. Um, I went to gynecology yesterday and they see no lesions. Um, there's no lesions or any um, uh, any kind of abnormality. Oh, that's um, awesome. Which, oh, my goodness. You, you don't even know how awesome I felt. Congratulations. Um, hearing yeah. that. Thank you so much. Um it just gives me hope that, you know, um, that this, this way of eating, this lifestyle change, um, it's not just about what you eat. It's, you know, it really is about a whole lifestyle change. Um, forgiveness is huge. You know, I held a lot of grudges throughout the years and I, even with myself, I mean, I didn't love myself at all. So just working toward, working toward, um, 
being at that place where I could actually say I love myself, you know, was huge for me, just very huge for me. And I think it's so healing as well. So it's definitely a lifestyle change. It's not just what you eat. It's, you know, it's, it's more than that. That totally makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, because yeah. if, if you are holding grudges or if you don't like yourself, which, which is prerequisite to depression in a lot of cases, that's bound to increase your stress levels, which then means there's yes. more cortisol flowing through your blood, which is not good for the body, right? So Exactly. Yeah, it's, it, it is a whole, a whole body approach, whole food, whole body. Yes, it sure is. So when did you get in contact with uh, Dr. Campbell then? You said it was within the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I felt like I was not moving anywhere as far as weight loss. Okay. Um, I was struggling getting getting weight off. I would gain five pounds, lose five pounds, or it'd stay the same. And so, um, and I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I knew that every time I'd gone to see the doctor or a doctor, especially oncology, oncology likes to tell you you're going to die. Um, irregardless <laughs> of what you, they just, they just do. Um, we all will eventually, it's, but hopefully a lot later <laughs> than sooner. Yeah. But it's unfortunate that, you know, um, they, and I'm not saying all of them, but my doctor in particular, I've went through two oncologists and they both say, if I don't, if I don't do traditional treatment, I'm going to die and, um, or conventional treatment, I'm sorry. And so, um, that's a, a high stressor for me, you know, where I would, I would be three days in a, in a heap. I'd, I'd cry and, and, and be unsure. And, you know, what am I doing wrong? And all of that. And, uh, and so it's, it was very, very stressful. So again, I found myself having a cookie here and there, or, um, or I would just, okay. It, you know, I tell my husband, just, just order pizza. I do not feel like cooking tonight. He, he worked late. He doesn't want to, you know, and we would order pizza with veggies on top, but it would still have light cheese on it. So there are little things like that that still happened where and that that's what and it didn't happen often, but it, it got to the point where it was halting my my progress in weight loss. And I knew in the back of my mind as well that it was things that I should not be eating because of the cancer. Yeah. Or even just, you know, I mean, it's not even allowed for for being plant-based, you know what I mean? So it was just like, that was always in the back of my mind, but, but with cancer being in the forefront, I knew that I wasn't supposed to be doing that. And I knew that I was struggling with stress and, um, the, and the anxiety of, of my doctors telling me that if I didn't do, you know, if I don't do conventional treatment, I'm going to die. And so, um, I just, you know, it just goes to show how strong that that addiction to food is really right because exactly you you stress that you're not healthy and you know that the food is a big part of that but despite that knowledge um your body tries to get you to to cheat on what you're eating yes which is the opposite of what you need so it's it's your biology is working against you in that case right exactly so you reached out to dr campbell and I did. I reached out to Dr. Campbell. And uh, at that point, I knew uh, Dr. Campbell um, doesn't see prime. Uh, he says he doesn't practice primary care anymore. So and I and I knew that he wasn't doing that. But I, he's also he is a part of the U of R um, nutrition program that they have there. And so what he's him and his wife do is they, they counsel people who who want to 
who want to change their their diet and their health by eating plant based. Okay. So, um, so they count they counsel the individuals that want you know want to see him. So, um, I called the office thinking that I wasn't going to get anywhere, but um, found out that you know he would see me. So, um, I went to see him, and it was an eye opener to say the least. Um, he, he pointed out to me, you know, um, how food actually works in the body. And, um, and he, you know, he was funny because he kept saying, you know, I'm probably telling you everything you already know, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of true. I mean, there were some things that he was saying, so I already knew because I, you know, I had read books and done research and things like that. But, but the one thing that he did say, he did talk about was the calorie density, and, and how you can fill up on fruits and vegetables at lower, you can, you can actually eat more of them at, at, um, lower caloric, you know, the lower caloric density yeah. than, than say, um, you know, breads and which are still compliant whole wheat bread and, and, and pasta and things like that are compliant, but there's more calories to those per pound. Yeah. It's, it's more the health quotient like Dr. Furman has where health is the the nutrients divided by the number of calories. Yeah. Right? So you're trying yes. to increase the amount of nutrients you get by minimizing the number of calories. Calories. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's going very well for me. Um, I'm, I'm doing a journal through it. Um, I go back to see him. Uh, we did a four week period. So I go back to him in about three weeks and um, just to kind of see where I'm at. And it's funny because I, <laughs> I, I wrote my journal that I missed my smoothies. <laughs> Cause I felt like I was getting like more greens in and I was like having a difficult, it was, it's really eye opening to be truthful because I was, I'm having a difficult, more difficult time trying to get greens in by eating them than yeah. I did when I was just throwing it into a smoothie, you yeah. know? No, I, I totally relate. That's how I get a, a majority of my greens as well. Like I'll, I'll often like if I'm making a soup, then there's always like a cruciferous, like a cabbage or something as a yeah. big part of that soup. Um, yeah. but outside of that, like kale, kale is essentially like every now and then we'll steam a pound of kale and have it for supper, but the vast majority of the time it's, it's in the smoothie. So yeah, it just, it's so much easier. Like and what takes you 10 minutes to drink a liter of smoothie right. will take you an hour <laughs> to eat. Right. <laughs> It's true. I, it's true. I made this humongous salad. I think I, I even, I, you know, I had it in my bowl and, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to see how many cups this is. So I took it out of the bowl, put it, I had this big four cupper. And so I'm like, and I did the four cups. I'm like, Oh my goodness, I have more here that I've got to measure. It ended up being seven cups of, and this is just, you know, I had like romaine and I had all different kinds of vegetables in it. Yeah. And I thought, wow, seven cups is going to take me forever to eat. It took me 45 <laughs> minutes to eat that. Right. <laughs> Right, cause, and it's not just going to be lettuce, right? Like you're going to want no. other things on it. So that yeah, yeah absolutely, there's <laughs> all kinds of different vegetables in it, and it's just like wow. And then of course your your jaw gets a little tired. It's absolutely. like I just I miss my smoothie. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't know if I could. Uh, obviously, I could give it up if I if I had to. But I definitely enjoy like. I stuff so much green into my smoothies. Like it's literally like I'm pushing my hand down and like yeah. packing it in there. So <laughs> that's what I did. I even made a couple of videos on this. So you got to pack that spinach in, get it right in there. <laughs> get it in. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, Dr. Brooke Goldner, um, 
they she she really advocates for smoothies and it's uh her general recipe is always flax seeds or chia seeds um but preferred flax and then 75% green and 25% fruit and so that's kind of i i when oh, i heard wow. that i was like that's awesome cuz that's kind of what mine looked like originally yeah. um mm-hmm. so so that was kind of helpful for me but so i understand that he doesn't uh dr campbell doesn't recommend smoothies and i and i get why he doesn't um especially for people with uh with end stage uh diseases or advanced Mm -hmm. diseases um what does he recommend like what what does your day look like on his program now well we're focusing on weight loss um for me um not focusing so much on the cancer um because he um basically he can't say um you know that he knows that this way of eating is going to help me considerably, but as an MD, he can't say that it's going to heal me. Of course. Um, so, so, and I understand that I totally, um, you know, agree with what, what his position is. So that's not that. So we just, we decided, you know, that we're going to focus on getting the rest of my weight off. Um, like I said, I've lost 80 pounds. I have about a hundred left to lose. And, um, People look at me and say, you know, there's no way you have a hundred to lose. There's just absolutely no way, but I do. I mean, I do have a hundred pounds to lose. So, and I know that it's, it's important to get that off and as quickly as possible because of the type of cancer that I have. And, um, so, um, he's working with me on that. And, and like I said, um, he feels if I stick as close to the fruits and vegetables, as opposed to the grain, as opposed to, um, you know, the flowers and the sugars. Yeah. Uh, I can have grains that are um, like unprocessed stuff like um, quinoa and okay. uh, some rice and uh, oatmeal. But for the most part, he, he wants me to stick with, you know, like sweet potatoes and squash and, um, you know, your green vegetables and, you know, all the different colors that you have in vegetable world yeah. and, and fruits. So. Oh, that's, that's awesome. And that's what, and that's what I'm doing. Yeah. It's like, it's so easy to be misled by, um, oil that's added to say bread, right? You, like mm-hmm. it's so easy to not know that there's a tablespoon of oil in a, a slice of bread, like without looking at the ingredients or without, yes. well, actually you can't even just look at the ingredients and know that like you would have to calculate, um, how much oil is in per gram essentially. And like yeah. it, you, you basically need a degree in math to, <laughs> to figure out exactly how much oil is in your individual slice. Right. And um, yeah. like when you look at something like a can of pop and you see, you can, you can look online and see how much sugar it fills in a baggie in that can of pop, like looking at that can of pop, your brain doesn't see that level of sugar. Right. right. And it's the same thing for oil. So it's, it's so easy for you to think you're doing okay mm-hmm. when in fact you're doing so poorly because you're exactly. eating those processed foods and oil is yeah. in everything. It is. It like, really is. Essentially. It. And I'm an, I'm an avid um, label reader. Um, before I, 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 right now I'm not eating anything processed, but um, before when I was more compliant, I did eat some processed stuff. Um, always checking the label. So for oil and things like that, yeah. but um, yeah, it, it's in there. It's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. My rule now is if, if they've added oil to the product, I just don't buy it. And it's hard because like, like you, it is hard. It takes some time to make your own, let's say Tostito chips. Right. And mm-hmm. I, and I actually, I don't, I've 
made them once because it is so time consuming. So like I, I'll do it where I'll go to the grocery store and you're walking down the aisle. It's like, oh man, I made my own salsa. I'd love to have Tostito chips to put it in there. Yeah. And then I'll go and I'll like look at the back of every single bag. And even though I really want them, because again, it's my addiction telling me that I want this chip. If right. they have oil, it that's my rule. I've established my rule that if it has oil, I can't get it. So I always walk away without having those chips. And uh, I find it's so much easier to be compliant if if you make those rules for yourself. Right? Yeah, Where, I agree. Yeah, like I'm not a person. The slippery slope will get me every time. So I have to establish a clear line in the sand. Yep, I agree. Me too. So we're running out of time here. If I usually ask my guests if uh, they had one piece of advice to give someone that is transitioning or thinking about transitioning, what would it be? I would say to stick with it um, and don't beat yourself up. Um, it's so easy to fall off the wagon and just say, I, you know, I give up, throw up your hands and say, forget it, it's not working for me. But the more you do it, it becomes a habit. And, um, and so I would just say, just, you know, stick with it. If you fall off, get back on. If you have a slice of pizza, have that slice of pizza. Don't beat yourself up. The next, the next meal you, you start over. Don't, don't say I had a, I had a slice of pizza. So I might as well just have, you know, a burger tonight for dinner and I, and then a bag of M&Ms. No, you, you, you don't do that. You, you have your pizza, you had it. It's, it's, it's water under the bridge. Move on, get back on the, on the wagon and have a compliant meal. Um, it's the best, best advice I could give someone. It's, um, the more you make it a habit, the easier it becomes. I really like that. It's, it's so true where you don't want to allow the forgiveness of yourself to become an excuse for not being compliant. Yes. But at the same time, if you have slipped up, if you have fallen to pressure, it's not, you, you can't allow, use that as a scapegoat to write off the rest of the day. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You're as, you're as only as good as your next choice. Exactly. Yeah. It's so can, true. None of us can change the past. So we have to look to the future and <laughs> there's no sense crying over spilled milk to use right. the terrible because that's actually something to be happy about. <laughs> I agree. Definitely. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this. Good luck on your journey, and I wish you nothing but the best of health. Thank you, Chadwick. I, I, I heartfelt, heartfelt that we had this conversation. I appreciate it so much. Oh, thank you for your time. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Mend It Pass podcast with Chadwick Hayward at www.menditpass.com. If you haven't already done so, please like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash menditpaths. See you all next time. Visit menditpaths.com and get back to bed. Dad.